please turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 1 to 7 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 1 to 7 now concerning spiritual gifts brethren i would not have you ignorant ye know that ye were gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols even as ye were led Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost Now there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit and there are differences of administrations but the same Lord and there are diversities of operations but it is the same God which worketh in all all in all but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all our lord and heavenly father thank you for giving us this blessed sunday morning thank you for enabling us to gather as a church in this hall and listen to your word we pray that you we pray that you bless the speaker and speak to him to him through through him to us we pray for everyone who is in attendance here bless them and help them to understand everything that is being said and apply it in their practical life in jesus name we pray amen good morning church what if each and every one of us could be given one superpower today what would that be what if i could bestow one power on you that would make you greater than anybody else in this room greater than anybody else in this world well what superpower would we choose and why would you choose that power what is it that you aim to achieve with that superpower that can be given to you well today i desire to talk about spiritual people possessing spiritual power I want to talk about superpower that is mentioned in the holy word of God or in other words gifts that are given to God's people to be used in God's church If you were to listen carefully to the portion that was read we are in 1 Corinthians and chapter 12 we heard from verses 1 to 7 and that is the passage that we're going to be looking at but even before we look at that passage I want to take our attention for a brief moment to the Paul's understanding of what a church actually is. Listen to me very carefully. I want to take us or take our attention just for a minute and understand what does Paul mean when he talks about a church. If you have your Bibles with me with you if you could turn with me to 1 Corinthians and chapter 1 and verses 12. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verses 12. This is what the word of God says to the church of God in Corinth to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ their lord and ours you look at what the word of God says dear brothers and sisters friends of God look at what the word of God clearly talks about its description of the church Well the verse begins by saying to the church of God that allows us to clearly understand that this church belongs to God it is God the father who established the church it is God the father who runs the church 
He is the one who created it. He is the one who sustains the church. God the Father is in control of what the church actually is. Not only that, can I just remind us, as it says in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16 and verses 18, where Christ himself said, it is on myself that I will build the church. It is on myself that I will build the church. And when I establish the church on myself, even the gates of hell will not prevail over it. Let me just take a minute and explain that verse. Even when the gates of hell will not... Thank you so much. Sorry. So does it work? Oh, okay. The church of God that belongs to God the Father, Christ himself said in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, it is on this rock, on myself, that I will build my church and the gates of hades or the gates of death will not prevail over it. Christ Jesus was simply saying that those who belong to the Lord Jesus, those who believe in the Lord Jesus, those who are part of the church of God, even though they will die once physically, they will never cross over to that death and go to eternal damnation. They who belong to the Lord Jesus, even though they die, they will rise again once on the face of this world. Not only that, look at what the work of the Holy Spirit is. In, in, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 13, the word of God says, this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, not in words taught, but in the words that is taught by the work of the Holy Spirit. And because of the work of the Holy Spirit, we express spiritual truths in spiritual words. You know, indirectly what I want to tell all of us is that we all belong to the church of God. We all belong to the church established by the Father, the church sustained by the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the church that is enabled by the work of the Holy Spirit that allows us to express spiritual truths in spiritual words. We belong to God. It is a church that actually belongs to God. But look at what else the verse says. The verse continues to say, it is not only a church that belongs to God, but it is a church that is being sanctified in Christ Jesus. A church that is being sanctified in Christ Jesus. Now the word sanctification means to be set apart. To be separated from anything that would hinder our fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Sanctification talks about the fact that you and I separate ourselves from sin. You and I would separate ourselves from anything that would hinder our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul goes on to explain that sanctification means that you and I ought to be called holy. You know, just because you and I come to a church does not necessarily mean that you and I are a part of that church. No, but you and I must be sanctified. Part by God, separated unto holiness from anything that would hinder our relationship, with that anything that would hinder our fellowship, with anything that would hinder our growth in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what sanctification means. You look at the first line that we looked at, the church that belongs to God is a church that must be sanctified. A believer, a group of believers that come together must be holy set apart from everything else that would hinder their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you could turn your Bibles with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. This is what the Word of God says. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. 
for it is written be holy because i am holy be holy because i am holy this is what the lord jesus says the lord jesus says you and i must be set apart from sin you and i must understand that we are part of calvary bible fellowship and therefore we belong to god and no one else that the father the son and the holy spirit is at work in our lives and therefore only those who belong to god can consider themselves to be part of god's church look at that verse that we had read earlier it says to the church of god at corinth to those who are sanctified in christ jesus and those who are called to be holy together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our lord jesus christ their lord and ours who call on the name of our lord jesus christ believers dear friends listen to me very carefully when he says to those who call upon the lord to those who call on the name of the lord it's talking about two important aspects number one it's talking about deliverance and it is also talking about duty it's talking about deliverance and it is talking about duty to those who has never experienced the love of the lord jesus christ to those who have never asked the lord jesus for the forgiveness of your sin to call upon the name of the lord means to cry out to him in deliverance for your sin and for your shame you understand what i'm trying to say to call upon the name of the lord to those who have never experienced the lord jesus christ means to ask the lord jesus to deliver you from your sin and from your shame I do not know if there is anybody sitting here listening to God's word right now and probably you've never asked the Lord Jesus to deliver you from your sin. Then I want to remind you in the light of God's holy word that just as how happy we are to see you here our desire is that you would ask God to deliver you from your sin and from your shame. Nobody who asks or begs the deliverance of God can never be considered to be part of the church or the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is important for you and for me to cry out in deliverance unto the Lord Jesus Christ for our sins. Or as the word of God reminds us in the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 21, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved but remember i was telling you that there's a second aspect to it for those of us who have already experienced the gift of love of the lord jesus christ well calling on the name of the lord shows duty it actually shows obedience the way we walk with the lord jesus christ every single day So now can I talk to us the church those of us who have confessed our sins those of us who have received the Lord Jesus as your personal lord and savior well on the basis of our salvation do we regularly call on the name of our lord do we live our duty do we do we show our duty in our relationship with the lord jesus christ Well it is not enough that you and I are saved it is not only enough that you and I have experienced salvation it is not enough that you and I call on the name of our lord for deliverance of our sin it is important that we continue to show out that salvation in our christian life because that is our christian duty so now that verse makes a lot of sense to us right 
now that verse really makes us understand to the church of god at corinth to those sanctified in christ jesus to those who are being called holy together with everyone everywhere who call on the name of our lord jesus christ their lord and ours my dear brothers and sisters even before we begin to talk about superpowers even before we begin to talk about having superpowers it is very important for us to even understand whether you and i have a relationship with the lord jesus christ because other than that it does not become possible for you and for me can i encourage each and every one of us to take a minute and think about our relationship with the lord jesus christ and for all of us who call upon the name of our lord to all of us who have a relationship with the lord jesus christ can i take a minute and ask all of us how have you and i been fulfilling our christian duty now that christ has delivered us from sin and has allowed us to become a part of the church allowed us to become a part of calvary bible fellowship now come back to first corinthians chapter 12 and the words that we read will make a lot of sense to us now to those listen very carefully to me who have truly tasted the goodness of god through salvation only to those who have entered into a relationship with the lord jesus christ receives what we call as spiritual gifts you understand what i'm trying to say only those who have entered into a relationship with the lord jesus christ are those people who receive what we call as spiritual gifts spiritual gifts are an enablement from god on the day of salvation the day you and i enter into a personal relationship with the lord jesus christ on that day you and i are enabled with spiritual gifts it is given to us by christ gifts given to us by christ specifically for the church and it is given for our strengthening and for our growth if you could turn your bibles with me to ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7 ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7 look at what it says ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7 but to each one of us grace has been given as christ apportioned it this is why it says when he ascended on high he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men you look at those two important verses in verse 7 the first part but to each one of us grace then verse 8 in the last part he gave gifts to men so listen to me carefully grace and gifts mean spiritual abilities grace and gift means spiritual ability grace and gift have been given to the church the body of christ look at what it says but to each one of us has been given grace as christ apportioned it according to the will and the pleasing and the leading of the lord jesus christ but to each one of us is what the word of god says but to each one of us grace or gifts has been given in accordance to the will of god it clearly signifies as i had mentioned in the beginning if you've called on the name of the lord jesus christ if you've believed in the forgiveness of your sins if you've accepted the lord jesus as your personal lord and savior if you've been washed by the blood of the lord jesus christ you are a person who has been given 
Because you and I who have been forgiven of our sins have been given a spiritual ability that comes from God. Or those who call upon the name of the Lord have been given a spiritual gift. So, so can I ask the audience here, can I ask all of us an important question? Joby, do you have spiritual gifts? Joes, do you have spiritual gifts? Daniel, Charles Chan, Uncle John, do you have spiritual gifts? Oh yes. The Bible very clearly states, just as we saw in the word of God, that all who call upon the name of the Lord, if you have a relationship, at least one spiritual gift has been given to us. There is nobody sitting here who can say, I am not gifted. No, it is possible that all of us are gifted and all of us have at least one spiritual gift. Now the word of God very clearly teaches that there can be, there can be believers in the church who might have more than one spiritual gift. That is possible. But at least one spiritual gift is given by God to his church, given for the strengthening of God's holy people. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 1. The verse that we just looked at right now. Now you keep this background in your mind and you try to understand what the word of God actually clearly teaches. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 1. It says, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Apostle Paul is teaching the believers at the church at Corinth and he's saying, regarding spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. I do not want you to be not aware of spiritual gifts. Or in other words, listen to me as I make this statement. It is possible for born-again believers to live and become a part of a fellowship, to become part of a church without realizing what their spiritual gifts are. You agree with me? It is possible. It is possible for you and me to be part of any church and live with ignorance, not knowing what our spiritual gifts actually are. If I were to use humor, it's like becoming superheroes without realizing our superpowers. Or as somebody once said, with great powers come great responsibilities. And that's actually very true. There are believers who might be a part of the church of God and might be saying, you know what, I don't think I have any spiritual gift. But that is wrong in the basis of God's holy word. And therefore what I want to encourage all of us to do is four important things. Listen to me carefully. Number one, we must discern what spiritual gifts actually are. We must discern. To discern means to understand what spiritual gifts are. Now in order to understand how gifted you are, in order to understand what our superpowers are, we need to read the holy word of God because this is the textbook that allows us to understand in what way you and I are truly gifted. You and I need to discern what our spiritual gifts are. Number two, you and I must discover what our spiritual gifts are. It's not only enough for us to know, oh, this is what the Bible teaches about spiritual gifts. You and I must discover what our spiritual gifts must be. So how do we discover? You and I as believers must prayerfully seek the counsel that comes from God and you and I must also seek the advice of the people of the church about what our gifts are. You and I must prayerfully seek, if you've never done that, spend time in prayer and ask the Lord and say, Lord, I've never realized what my gifting is. I've never understood what is my place in the church. And ask the Lord for counsel to help you understand what those gifts are. 
not only that let us go around to mature brothers mature sisters leadership in the church and let's walk up to them and ask them would you tell me what you think i'm actually good at what i can actually do in the church we not only discern but we discover number 3 listen to me carefully we demonstrate what our spiritual gifts are now now let, let me just explain that to you god does not give you a spiritual gift so that you fold it neatly and you put it into your pocket so that every day you wake up and you pat yourself and you say wow i'm so glad i have this gift it is not for you to keep it to yourself it is not for me to keep it to myself we demonstrate our spiritual gifts now let me make something very clear the church is the avenue where you and i demonstrate our spiritual gifts you and i could use our gift elsewhere in our college in our homes that's great but spiritual gifts are given by the lord jesus christ so that you and i will demonstrate it in the church the church is the avenue and the activities of the church are the various places in which you and i can exercise our spiritual gifts so can you say it along with me how can we understand what our gifts are number 1 we must discern number 2 we must discover number 3 we must demonstrate let me add one more important point to that because i think that's very important listen to me carefully we must desire to know what our spiritual gifts are and exercise them because there are a lot of born again believers who live in this world who don't have a desire to exercise their spiritual gifts there are a lot of born again believers who are happy that they are attendees at churches there are a lot of born again believers who are happy with the fact that they are a part of the fellowship that i go to a cell group that i am there for certain activities but there are not many who desire to know what their spiritual gifts actually are If you turn with me the same passage 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verses 1 look at what the word of god says 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verses 1 follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts eagerly desire spiritual gifts so calvary bible fellowship family and friends who are visiting us today can i encourage all of us to first of all have the desire to know what our spiritual gifts actually are not only that then to discern what the word of god teaches in regards to spiritual gifts to discover what the spiritual gifts are to pray to ask people in our church what do you think is my special qualities my powers that is given to me by god and therefore then to develop it by demonstrating those spiritual gifts in the church imagine if you and i are ignorant Imagine if you and I don't realize and don't use our spiritual gifts. Imagine the condition of any church that is full of believers who are gifted but haven't realized it and haven't been using those gifts. What do you think would be the condition of that church? Well, the desire should be that Calvary Bible Fellowship is a church that encourages. Of course it is. but it is an it is a church that encourages all of us to find our spiritual gifts and gives us avenues to exercise those gifts i don't want to take any time to waste but just to say if you look at the announcement there are more than 100 avenues in which you and i can exercise our spiritual gifts week on week we have a brother who stands here and he encourages the audience and he says be a part of this be a part of that there is a need like this there is a need like that 
Imagine the avenues that is created by our leadership for you and me to come here and demonstrate our gifts. And therefore, I desire that you and I would discern, you and I would desire, you and I would demonstrate it as we develop the spiritual gifts that God has given to you, that God has given to me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Verse 2 and 3. Look carefully into your, word, into your Bible. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, remember when you and I were once influenced by paganism? Remember once when you and I lived according to idol worship? Well, that's talking about our past. Apostle, pays, uh, Apostle Paul remembers, remember, uh, Apostle Paul encourages believers and he says, Remember how you and I were once away from the truth, once living in darkness, once influenced by idol worship. But Apostle Paul not only says, remember how you once lived like that, but rather he actually is saying, are you continuing to live by the influence of idol worship and paganism? If you turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verses 3, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verses 3, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verses 3, you look at what the word of God says. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verses 3, it says, For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans chose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, kerosene, and detestable idolatry. Detestable idolatry. These are sins that you and I have been involved in in the past. These are sins that you and I have been doing in the past. But are these things still visible in my life today? This is an important question that you and I need to ask ourselves. Believers, brothers and sisters, listen to me carefully. These are sins not only committed by actions, but according to the standard of God's holy word, these are sins that can even originate in our mind. And if it originates in our mind, you and I can be guilty of committing these actions in itself. You agree with me? You and I won't have to drink. But imagine if you and I enjoy the thought in our mind. The word of God clearly states, if you sin in your mind, it is like you have already committed that sin. So probably these are the sins of our past. But have you and I come out of paganism? Or is paganism still very much prevalent in our life? Can I be honest with each and every one of us? Nobody sitting here can say that there is no form of idol worship in my life. Nobody can say that. I can challenge you, myself included. Because idol worship is not just a, 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 an item that you prepare and you keep it on your table that you worship. Idol worship can be there in our minds. And that's why Apostle Paul says, remember how you used to live in darkness? Remember how you used to live in your shame? Well, I want to ask you, are you still under the influence of paganism or idol worship? You look at the next verse that he's talking about. He's talking about the influence of false teachers. He says, nobody who does not work, nobody who is not influenced by the work of the Holy Spirit is the only person who can say that Jesus is cursed. 
all that we do while we are in the church we are doing it simply by the influence and the work of the holy spirit you know the most important aspect of the gospel is that you and i need to believe that jesus is 100% god and 100% man why is that important for salvation why is that important for our salvation regarding Sal- uh, regarding our doctrine of salvation well in order for you and i to be truly saved you and i must believe that jesus is 100% god and jesus is 100% man or as the word of god very clearly teaches that we know in romans chapter 10 and verse 9 can you repeat this verse along with me loudly that if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and if you believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved all born again believers must acknowledge that god is incarnated in the lord jesus christ and unless you believe that jesus is not just man but he is god our salvation is a waste salvation comes from acknowledging to god that that god is seen in the lord jesus christ and believing him believing in him allows us to really truly understand that jesus is not only 100% god and 100% man for all of us born again believers can i just can i just wet your thought for a moment we all believe that when jesus came into this world he became 100% god and man we believe that jesus is god man but does he continue to be god man after he died and rose again from the dead well i don't want to answer that question now because that's not part of my script here but that's something that i want to encourage you to talk about over lunch when we finish our worship could you get together in groups with lunch and discuss about the fact whether jesus continues to remain god man so you and i should not be influenced by idols you and i should not be influenced by false teachers but you and i need to be influenced by the work of the holy spirit look at what the word of god says in the book of romans chapter 8 verse 26 29 27 look at what look at the verse that appears on the screen there in the same way the spirit helps us in our weakness we do not know what we ought to pray for but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with the will of god it is not that the spirit helps us occasionally but it is that the spirit helps us continually it is not that the spirit only helps us in our moments of weakness but the spirit abides with us when we go through physical emotional even spiritual disability the holy spirit is the one who allows us to sit in the presence of god and even when you and i do not know what to say it is the work of the holy spirit that gives us the words that you and i are supposed to say when you and i commit a sin and when you and i feel ashamed to approach the presence of god when you and i come to god's presence when you and i do not know how to confess what to say when you and i feel guilty it is the spirit of god who comforts our heart and he says jobin it is all right that you have committed sin all you need to do is ask for his forgiveness and the lord jesus forgives you completely that is what the ever abiding work of the spirit does in our life So verse one, I do not want believers to be ignorant. Apostle Paul says, "Don't live in ignorance, not knowing what your spiritual gifts actually are." Number two, remember how you and I once lived in darkness. But do we still live in darkness? Is there the influence of idol worship? 
Is there the influence of, of wrong teachings? Or do you and I continue to live by the work and the enablement of the Holy Spirit? It is very important for us to understand what you and I are influenced by. What is it that you and I actually follow every single day of our Christian life? You look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 4 onwards. Can you just look into your Bibles? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 4 onwards. It says there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service but the same Lord There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now that you and I understand what it takes for a person to be part of the church of God, it starts with a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that you you and I understand it's not just a relationship, but a continual walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I should be careful of the influences that are there in our life. It's not idols. It's not wrong teachings. But it is the work and the influence of the Holy Spirit. Then you and I understand what spiritual gifts actually mean. Let me explain very quickly three simple things about spiritual gifts. Number one, you and I need to understand that the spiritual gifts come from the same source and that is the Godhead. You look at what that verse says in verses 4 onwards. It says there are different gifts, there are different services, there are different workings, but it is the, can you say it along with me? It is the same Spirit, it is the same Lord and it is the same God, who works and is found in them. It is the same God that allows each and every one of us to have different spirits, uh, different gifts, different abilities. That is why, you know, when you look at chapter 12, verses 12 onwards, you, you, you have this picture how we are all one body, but we are all different parts. You remember the example that Apostle Paul gives? Well, the body cannot, the ear that is part of the body cannot say, well, I don't need the foot. If the ear tells the foot, I actually don't need you, how would the body get anywhere? Well, if the foot looks at the eye and says, well, we don't really need you, where would we know where we are supposed to go to? And that's you and me. You and I cannot say, well, this gift is just for me to enjoy it myself. No. This gift is given so that you and I All of us who are different, when we are put together, we are part and the parcel of the body of Christ. No single part, listen to me carefully, can stress that they need the most important standing in church. No. And no single part of the church of God can say that I am the least. You know, just just picture a car in a factory that's being put together, right? There must be 101 machines involved in doing different things. Probably there's just one machine and the only job that that machine has is to put one nut somewhere. Probably there might be other machines who have the most important job of putting the roof of the car, the glass of the car, the accelerator. But that one machine that has only the objective of putting the nut does not do their job. Somebody who sits in that car and starts the car might go in the wrong direction. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage us. And probably our only responsibility here is to put the nut. But that is also important for the body, the church of Christ. 
those who are involved in putting the roof and the glass and the accelerator shouldn't think that i'm far greater than anybody else here rather you and i must realize that without that brother without that sister to put the nut the car will not fulfill its purpose you and i need to understand that it is the same god who works in us to fulfill his purpose for us we are all the body of christ and each of us have an important place to play in the body of christ number 1 you and i need to understand the spiritual spiritual gifts come from the same source which is the god at number 2 look what it says the spiritual gifts have the same purpose and that is the building of the church look at what the verse says verse 7 now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good let me explain that spiritual gifts are not given for personal enrichment but spiritual gifts are given for the benefit of others spiritual gifts are given so that we allow each others to grow spiritual gifts are given so that we are involved in the spiritual growth of others this act is fulfilled through edification discipline discipling teaching mentoring care showing concern that you and i have for one another you agree with me you look at what the word of god says in first corinthians chapter 10 and verse 24 no one should seek their own good but at all points of time must seek the good of others that is the effect of spiritual gifts not only that in first corinthians 14 and verse 12 you are so passionate about embracing the manifestation of the holy spirit now become even more passionate about the things that strengthen the entire church you and i should not become lazy to exercise our gift because jerry whether you know it or not joy whether you know it or not linda whether you realize it or not i need your spiritual gift to grow in my relationship with the lord jesus christ therefore you and i don't have that freedom to say well i will use it whenever i want to use it or however i want to use it but you and i must abide by the work of the spirit and say lord teach me what your gifts are and use it for the common good you and i realize that the spiritual come, uh, gift comes from the same source that is the godhead you and i realize about spiritual gifts that uh, that it should be it should be something that is done by the work of the holy spirit it is something that should be done for the edification of the church and number 3 you and i should realize that spiritual gifts should be characterized by the same attitude and that is the attitude of love it is so beautiful right you look at first corinthians chapter 12 talks about spiritual gifts chapter 14 also talks about spiritual gifts but right in between chapter 12 and 14 is chapter 13 which is the chapter that talks about love so what should be the attitude when you and i use our spiritual gifts it should be the attitude of love if i stand here and i exhibit the gift of teaching but if i have anger and enmity in my heart if i am not able to preach with love as it says in chapter 13 verse 1 i am like a clanging cymbal <laughs> i might make a lot of noise i might i might point my fingers at people but it won't make any sense unless i talk with love if you and i have the gift of discipleship but if you and i disciple people 
not with the desire to see them grow in their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If it is done without an attitude of love, you and I will never allow anybody to grow in uh, in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, can I remind all of us, maybe some of us might be thinking, well, I really don't hate anybody. I might not have any grudge to get against someone. I, I, I might not have any disrespect. That's all great. But do we love one another? You might not hate everyone, but do we really love one another? Do we grow in love one another? If we as a church are struggling in this area, if we are as individuals are struggling or falling or failing, all we need to do is acknowledge our weakness in the sight of God. Tell Him that we have a true desire to truly love one another. Look at what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 11. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone, just as ours does for you. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. Can I just ask you to write down four references? Because this is the homework that I want us to do. Today is just an introduction to allow us to understand how you and I can be truly part of the church of God. Once you and I are truly part of the church of God, you and I will truly realize, therefore then when we ask for the forgiveness of our sin, and when we ask the Lord Jesus to live into our hearts, we truly become God's church, and then we receive the spiritual gifts that come from God. You and I must realize that the gifts that is given to us is given by God, it is given for the common good, for the edification of one another. Can I ask you to write down four references? Write down 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 28 to 31. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28 to 31. Romans chapter 6, uh, uh, 12, verses 6 to 8. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 to 8. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. And 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11. 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11. Now these are four important passages in the scripture that talks about spiritual gifts. Now if the coming of the Lord tarries in the time that we have ahead of us, when we come together the next time, we will look at these passages. But while we look at them, why don't we do our own homeworks? Why don't we read these passages, sit with a mature brother, sit with a mature sister and discuss what are the gifts that are mentioned in the Bible? What are the gifts that God desires for us to have in our Christian lives? And what are the gifts that could be there in my Christian life? You know, brothers and sisters, can I draw your attention just for one minute? As you and I desire, discern, discover, to demonstrate our spiritual gifts, we must never do it to show off, but to show that we actually care. Because that is exactly what Christ did and continues to do. As you and I grow in love with one another, as you and I grow in fellowship with one another, that is how we show each other how much we truly love and honor the Lord Jesus Christ. This should be the sole purpose of Calvary Bible Fellowship. The sole purpose of Calvary Bible Fellowship is to show our neighbors, to show our friends, to show our family that we love the Lord Jesus Christ and we love the Lord and make our love for Him known by the way we care for one another. 
you know brothers and sisters there is nothing else that i can actually say except what the psalm says in psalm 16 and verses 2 where he says i say to you lord other than you i have no i have no good thing if i were to love you by my own human standard it would be so difficult for me right if i were to love you by the way that i am taught love by the way i see love in this world i would never be able to care lord unless it is you there is no other way how i would be able to understand and demonstrate the love of god in my life i'm going to ask star to give us five more minutes before he comes to the screen uh, to make uh, to, to the stage to make an announcement and i'm going to put these questions on the screen and i'm going to ask us to take the next five minutes to just go through each question and answer this question in our heart and in our mind i will pray and close and after that can we just take five minutes to go through these questions yeah father god we want to thank you that there is forgiveness at the cross the cross of calvary we thank you that your redemptive price on the cross sets any captive any sinner free we thank you lord that you loved us so much and it is by your blood that you've made us a part and the parcel of the church of god teach us lord to understand that all of us who call on the name of the lord for deliverance and live a life of duty are gifted by the holy spirit enable us lord to discern discover desire and demonstrate it in this avenue at calvary bible fellowship teach us lord to exhibit these gifts with an attitude of love and not with an attitude to look down or to destroy someone father we thank you for the blessed hope and we confess lord that other than you we actually have no good thing and lord jesus we thank you for the blessed hope that you are to come back into this world we believe that today will be the day that you are returned and if you return today what a joy it would be for us but for any reason known only to you if you choose to tarry any blessed to live a life that is worth pleasing to you thank you father thank you for hearing our prayer in jesus christ was holy precious name we ask and we pray